Hi, this is Carrie Brownstein. This is DJ Premier. This is Darren Aronofsky. You got the Rizzo right here. Rose McGowan. Radiohead. Aisha Tyler. A tribe Called Quest. Fred Armisen. Fritz Paul. Javier Munoz, Seth Meyers. Frankie Cosmos. Flying Lotus. Hi, we're Haim, and you're listening to the Talk House Podcast. Ow! What's up? What is up? I'm your host, Elliot Einhorn. Welcome back to the Talk House Podcast. This week, I'm joined from our studio in Brooklyn by the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend. Are you uncomfortable saying your name after deeply, that? Deeply, deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> the man who can inspire nothing but uh, disappointment in others, Nick Dawson, editor-in-chief of Talk House <laughs> Film. Nick, welcome back to the show. You have put together a very special episode for us this week. Yeah, it's a great, great pairing. I'm super excited that this happened. It's something I've tried to put together for a while. Olivier Assayas in conversation with Kelly Reichert. This was recorded last fall at the New York Film Festival where Kelly's movie First Cow and Olivier's film Wasp Network were both playing. They've been big fans of each other for a really long time. And this is two of the great living filmmakers in conversation. And as far as I can tell, it's really the first time that they've had a, a substantial conversation. And it was like a real pleasure to be there and, and to be present to listen to them talk. It really was. It was palpable how much they cared about each other's films. Olivier is, of course, a French film director and screenwriter. Yeah, and he has so many important films from his breakthrough movie in 1994, the coming-of-age movie Cold Water, to Irma Vep, to Demon Lover. And in the past five or six years, he's made two movies with Kristen Stewart, Clouds of Sills Maria, and Personal Shopper that are just really excellent. I'm particularly a big fan of Personal Shopper. And, and it was just such a pleasure to get Olivier and Kelly together in a room as they're such brilliant and incredibly nice people. Now, Kelly's known for her sort of minimalist style films, right? Mm -hmm. Many of which deal with working class characters in these small, pretty rural communities. Exactly. As you said, she makes these small, minimalist movies. And, and in the talk, uh, SAS expresses it really beautifully. He says that her films are outwardly simple, but, but actually incredibly complex. Her latest movie, First Care, which comes out March 6th through A24 Films, is another uh, period piece. And it's such a, a sort of sweet, delightful film. It's just like uh, two hours of just pure pleasure and highly, highly recommended. It's, it's, to say it's a comedy drama is, is to do it a great disservice because that sounds like a normal film in a way, but it, it's just really uh, wonderful. And, and I'm not going to give away too much of the plot, but just go seek it out, go see it. It's fantastic and you will not be disappointed. Nick, I thought it was an interesting inversion that was applied here where the lead actors are not so well-known while there's some pretty famous supporting cast. Yeah, there's two really fantastic breakout performances from the film's two leads, John Magaro and Orion Lee. And the supporting cast is pretty stacked. It has, uh, you know, Toby Jones, the late uh, Rene Aubergenois, Ewan Bremner, Gary Farmer, Lily Gladstone, and our old podcast friend, Alia Shawkat. As well as a lovely cow. The, the cow of the title gives, <laughs> I, I have to say, uh, a fantastic performance as well. It sort of sets the tone for the gentle spirit of, of First Cow. Well, what makes this talk so lovely is Kelly and Olivier's deep appreciation of each other's work and craft. And we get to hear about a lot of different facets of that. Whenever we do these podcasts, it's not like there's an agenda. You know, we, we're not setting out talking points or anything like that. People just really go where they want to go. And, and the way that this conversation started was by Olivier essentially sort of expressing his deep appreciation for Kelly's work and then like a really sort of touching and, and also very eloquent way. And from there, they just kind of 
foraged. They touched on so many different aspects of their respective creative processes from writing through to editing, uh, taking in production, of course, as well. And some of the things that, that came up that I thought was really fascinating was, you know, the differences between them. Asaya seems to have this sort of like almost enforced spontaneity where he, he wants to be very much in the moment and to, to make decisions as he's making the film, whereas Kelly is so much more about this love of, of preparation and planning and the intricacy that takes place in the preparatory stage. And there's some great stories about the making of both Cold Water and Summer Hours. Yeah, two of his greatest films and, and also most personal films. And, you know, it's it's lovely to hear about the personal resonances in his life. You know, Cold Water is this, this wonderful coming-of-age movie that was about him sort of saying goodbye to his adolescence. And Summer Hours is a very poignant film that was almost like a farewell to one of his family members. It was also cool to hear them discuss the use of phones in films. I know. It's, I'm so happy that we have this because, like, f- for me, again, my profound love of Personal Shopper, uh, like, one of the amazing things about the film, and when I actually bumped into SAS a couple of years ago at a party, I talked to him about the way that the iPhone is featured in Personal Shopper because I, I find it utterly compelling the way that it's, it's the only film ever that I've seen where, like, a phone is actually interesting and, <laughs> and, and really kind of, like, grips you, like, when somebody's on the phone rather than just, like, get off the fucking phone. And they both talk really uh, compellingly about the importance of sort of engaging with technology and and talking in in their work about the way that technology reveals things about us and the way we live. And they're engaging with technology differently themselves. We hear about why they've both stopped shooting on film. Mm -hmm. Yep, there's very, very good reasons. And we get to hear a great story about Kelly dreaming about the house from cold water when she was couch surfing in New York City. And her past growing up in 60s and 70s Miami. Which Olivia used Cuba to double for in Wasp Network. Should we roll the tape? Let's roll the tape. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure where we should start. <laughs> but uh, but a, good, good, a good starting point, at least from my point of view, and this is not about being polite, it's uh, really watching your work since uh, I saw uh, your first film has been one of the great pleasures in terms of my relationship to American cinema. I, I think you, you, you have an incredible body of work. It's uh, uh, very unlike, emotionally unlike anything I've seen in recent uh, independent cinema and, and certainly even less in the mainstream filmmaking. Your movies, like about every single time, bring tears to my eyes. <laughs> and uh, it's, um, I, I was talking about body of work. Uh, what I uh, relate, I suppose, the most is with the fact that you are actually building a coherent body of work, which is both profound, poetic, uh, superficially minimal, but actually very extremely complex. And, uh, you know, that's what cinema is about. So at least I get the opportunity to say, to tell you that face to face, hoping not to embarrass wow. you. But, uh, but it's, it's something I've been, you oh, know, wow. wanting to tell you. Wow. <laughs> so it means so much to me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So um, I came to know your films through First Cold Water. Mm. And uh, at the time I was living in New York, just uh, without an apartment, just sleeping all over. Mm -hmm. And I would dream up the house from cold water as my comfort place. (laughs) And I haven't seen it since, but I just remember a blue room with the orange couch and these interiors. Um, Anyway, I have like my things I want to ask you are so kind of nuts and bolts and (laughs) about how you make films. Um, 
But, but, but that film was the closest. I made a movie uh, that was autobiographical. I mean, the house is my house. The father is my father. The school oh. is my... I mean, no, yeah, the house yeah. is not exactly my yeah. house, but it's pretty much the kind of house I, I, I grew up in. The father was that kind of father. I was wow. that kind of kid. And uh, I shot in my own high school. I shot... I mean, you know, it's, it's really oh, the, wow. the first time I dared to be openly autobiographical, you know, just looking for trying to re recreate emotions I had as a teenager. And, and the beauty of it for me is that I'm kind of, when I think of it, I'm kind of lost. I'm not sure if I made the movie in 1972 or in, 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 19, in, in 1995, yeah. you know, to me it was like living my adolescence again. Uh, and saying goodbye to it also. At the, at the same time, you know, like when we shot the fire scene, yeah. I was, I don't know, I mean, I was almost crying because for me it was just like uh, what was burning was my being, that wow. kid, something like that. Wow. I mean, that's kind of what the assignment was, right? The days of my youth, yeah, yes. was that? Yes, it, it, it was a, a, an authorization right. to be autobiographical. You know, it, it was a commissioned work in a certain right. way, but the commission was to be autobiographical. Right, right. I mean, there were so many nice films that came out in that series. It was such an introduction to mm. another generation of mm. French filmmakers for mm. me, mm. Uh, like Travolta and me and U.S. Go Home. But mm. I always thought if that assignment was... In America, it would have been just so different. Like not, I don't know if it would have worked as well. Mm. But what about um, summer hours? That seems very uh, personal. Hours, summer hours is it's it's the same house. Also, again, fan, it fan, is. Fan, I mean, it's the same yeah. house. It's yeah. the, it relates to the same house. It's it, I, I wrote it when I sensed that my mother would not be around much longer. So she was still alive when I wrote the, the screenplay, uh, but she was in her late 80s. She was 88 or something like that. And she always had been, you know, holding herself like a young, much younger woman. I mean, she looked 20 years less than her actual age. And at some point she didn't want to go out. You know, you would call her up and say, do you, do you want to go to see this exhibition? Do you want to do this? Do you want yeah. to do that? It was like, no, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. And I kind of felt that she was kind of losing interest in life in general. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I shot the film after her death. And it, so, so, you know, the, the writing was kind of premonitory and, uh, but, but filming it and filming, uh, uh, <laughs> Sorry, Edith Scobb, who who plays her yeah. in, in in the film, there was something premonitory, I, I suppose. Uh, and uh, so, but it, it's kind Did of interesting. Did you know that house though that you shot in? I, I, it's when I found that house that I knew I would make the film because when I wrote the screenplay, you know, I, I don't know if you feel like that. I mean, you know, you write screenplays yeah, yeah. and you you, no, you, you find you, the you, place. You, yeah, you, you don't have really a sense that they are real, that they are going, they are actually going to happen. You, you, yeah, you, no, you, the you, place you, is, uh, yeah. So all of a sudden it, helps, it crystallizes yeah. when you find, so I, I had been looking for that house and, and, and not finding it. And mm. uh, I think I would not have made the film if I, I, I don't think I would have had the energy to make the film if I had not found the house. But oh, the minute I found the house, I thought, okay, so it kind of makes sense to make the film. Um, but, but do you also this, have you, a, Yeah, if I don't have the um, place, I can't. Uh, as soon as we're working on the script, I want to go out and look for a place so I can just 
sort of make it make sense to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but, do, do you, yeah. but you do that while you, you're writing? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we start and sometimes Jonathan Raymond, who I've done some pro- mm-hmm. a lot of projects with, sometimes mm-hmm. he has something first, mm-hmm. but I can't really get my head in it until I start finding places, you know, just mm-hmm. like you said. So while I'm working on the script, I'm always scouting also. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I can sort of start doing the writing that kind of makes it more my own, I guess, in a way. But um, for, for me, it's a little bit more layered in the sense that uh, I, I, I write without yeah. having no notions of how I'm going to shoot it, what it's going to look oh, like. Really? And I, I try to forget I'm a director when I'm writing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm writing. Because your camera's moving a lot. And I always, I was wondering when that... Uh, that happens in the morning before the shoot. I mean, meaning... Uh, yeah, really? Oh, I, I, interesting. I, I, it, it's, okay. it's, it's, uh, I really think that uh, for me, my, my movies are built in layers. I mean, one layer is the, is, is the writing. Oh. Another layer is the casting. Another layer is the choice of the locations, which is pretty similar to casting ultimately. Yeah, yeah, ultimately. It is, yeah. uh, and then there is the actual energy of the filmmaking when it all becomes real. And I never design my films or, or design my shots before I start shooting. And, and usually I have no idea what the film will look like. I mean, you, you know, it's always an embarrassment when, you know, the cameraman always asks me, so for this movie, what kind of mood do you want? Do you have mm-hmm. references? Do you want to show me paintings, photos wow, or yeah. whatever? And usually I have like nothing. I have, I have, wow. I have, like, I have like zero. And I have no idea myself what kind of style I want for the film. And I think it has to grow from the film. But you've obviously been working with your production designer and your costume director, so you must have some, uh, and even in casting and location scouting, you're starting to form... A visual image, yeah, yes, but it because doesn't because involve the camera movement. Yet. Absolutely not. I design the shots really on the morning before going to set. I, I spend, a, you know, I don't know. I, it takes something like an hour and a half. I don't know. I don't know if I'm lazy or if I have this culture of very bad schoolboy of who, do, who does things at the last minute. But I need to have my back to the wall to start designing the shots. Gosh, interesting. I, I don't think, honestly, um, American women could work that way mm. because the cinematographers are, if you didn't have an answer, they would... Uh, impose their mm-hmm. uh, answer quite uh-huh. quickly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you're so much having to make, I mean, now that I'm older, it's mm. easier, you know, and I work with the same cinematographer over and over and he's mm. lovely, mm. Um, Christopher Blavel, and he's a real partner in it. But if I would have ever appeared not knowing, that would have been like such a signal of like, yes. not, but I've... Um, yeah, I've wondered about that. Just like, I mean, I can change something for a space, but I always feel I have to be there alone first and know and know and know before yeah. I get but there. But, um, it, but it's something that I sensed with uh, Mia Hansen Love. I mean, we, 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 we lived together for, I don't know, yeah. over 10 years. And uh, I suppose for exactly mm-hmm. the same reasons, she really prepared like shot by shot and she did like mm-hmm. really, really sophisticated <laughs> homework, which is something yeah. I would not be able to do. Oh, but, 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 but for me, it's something that happened gradually. Uh, when, when I started making movies, I didn't function like that. 
uh, I did more uh, homework before the shoot. And it's only gradually that I decided that the process of filmmaking is organic. Yes. And, and if I want to know, I mean, I am going to constantly be able to adapt based on whatever is happening around me. And, and I think for me, cold water was kind of a turning point, you know, oh, in, a, in, 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 in a sense that, how should I put it? I, I had a sense that I was not shooting a scene, but I was recreating a moment in life. Mm. And the problem was not to shoot it smartly or efficiently or coherently, but try just to capture what was happening in front of me. And uh, I'm saying that in the sense that I was working with a group of kids, you know, so it right, was right. It, 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 yeah, really, yeah. there's the two main characters, but there's a bunch, a bunch of them. Right. And they were having fun. You know, they had 1970s clothes, which were, which, which were pretty cool at the yeah, time yeah. anyway. They were, they were pretending that they were smoking joints and it was really cold and they spent the night outside. And, uh, you know, it was great for them. They were enjoying themselves uh, or at least they were living a different life for a moment. And, uh, and I realized I didn't care about my shots what I cared was to find the most fluid, the most yeah. relevant way of capturing what was going on. And, and I think that from then on, I kind of decided that uh, whatever I would shoot the next day would be defined by what I had shot the previous oh, day. Yeah. And, and I would give myself the potential to change things on a day-to-day basis. And, and now it's gone to extremes because now I'm not yeah. even rehearsing. I, we don't, I never rehearse, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I can sometimes lock myself in mm. too much. Like I uh, get an idea of, and, you know, maybe a location changes or something, mm. and then I am get stuck and I'm not feeling as, as you say, like as fluid as maybe I want to. But um, I don't know, I'm not good at thinking when everyone's around. Yeah, I want to do yeah. my thinking when I'm alone, but... It, as we go on in the shoot and you get your, I, it, it has become from working with the same people over mm. and over mm. where the um, space is, feels a little safer to sometimes just to be able to think in front of people <laughs> a mm. little bit, you know, mm. more than I used to be able to, which mm. again is just um, experience and stuff. But so you're not thinking about editing while you're shooting. No. At all. Yeah. At all. At all, it's it's. I I uh, I change the shots during the shots. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, we're doing a shot and uh, we which we have not rehearsed, right. and I feel that some stuff is work, some stuff does not work. So I adapt, I change it, I add a line, I add, add a movement. So yeah. sometimes, certainly not always, but a lot of times, the last take is extremely different from the first take. I mean, it has become something else, and it has it has kind of but to me the problem is to absorb the creative energy of of the people around i mean you know mm-hmm. it's, it's it's also i suppose the reason why i work with the same people and I, I'm, I'm sure okay. it's similar for you yeah. that filmmaking is a collective form of art for sure. and, and you really absorb the ideas of people around you and you mm-hmm. you, you have to give them the freedom to suggest stuff because all of a sudden they give you stuff that would not come naturally to you but uh, which is completely relevant to the scene so all of a sudden you 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 kind of filter it obviously but but to me 
you know, sometimes the guy who does, who does the costumes uh, will come up with something that's completely different from what I had in mind and say, oh, yeah, sure, I, had, I hadn't looked at it from that angle, but you're completely yeah, right, yeah. it does work. And even more so when it's the cameraman. Because once people know that nothing is locked, they know they have space where they can, you know, contribute. And are you you're shooting film still, or not the last one? Not the last not, one. Not, not the last one because what you know. Yeah. What, what, what about not you? Not the last one either. No. Yeah. Because it, the problem is so is something I had I've seen coming, and I'm sure you've yeah. seen it also coming. Is the fact that for a while you could shoot film uh, for basically the same budget. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah. Uh, because all the labs were ready to make efforts and the Kodak yeah. would, would mm. make prices and so on and so forth. So in the end, the, the difference was, 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 was minimal. Yeah. But now that all the labs have closed down, it's yeah. become a specialty. So right. it's become expensive. It's become expensive, and yeah. Then, and we were in Cuba and just right. so it was... Uh, I'm from Miami, you know. Oh, are you? Yeah, so interesting um, because oh. I've never been to Cuba, mm-hmm. but I come from a family of law enforcement in Miami uh-huh. and my stepfather's FBI agent. Oh, wow. um, but oh, wow. I, yeah, but I left in 84. Ah. So your yeah. time there's... Um, yeah, it's a little after, later. But yeah, mm-hmm. but it's interesting seeing it you know, because I haven't really returned. I returned for my first film in 93, mm-hmm. but not really since then. And it's just interesting watching the, uh, you know, and I was so close to Cuba and I never yeah, yeah, yeah. was there. Yes, um, no, no, it's not, but, it's, it's but a, I w- lived in Miami when certainly the big wave of Cubans came arrived, over, arrived, so. yeah. And, you know, it was crazy uh you know, it's just as a teenager, it mm. was such a strange experience. And then also... To see the kind of boat people just, coming yeah, in, like the, like and the, the rafters. The, um, yes. Mm. And from Haiti also. Uh, mm. Yeah. And then watching the city change and the politics and the conservatism mm. of uh, yeah. the Cuban population and just all of that and the strife between the black community and the Cuban community and it's a complicated place, Miami, you know, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I don't know, it's interesting for me to see. Well, to me, it, what was, of course, a bit weird was that for obvious budget reasons, we were not able to shoot in Miami. We used a few establishing shots, mm. but the, we, we really didn't really have a chance of shooting in Miami right. because it, it was completely beyond yeah. our, our budget. It's never been um, mm. a, a film-friendly place. Uh-huh. You know, it's funny. I made River Grass in 93 mm. and every day they pulled us all over and they really just thought we weren't giving money. We were like a $30,000 film <laughs> and they wanted the city, want, you know, Miami is a crazy mm. place, but mm. it's not, um, yeah. It, it, so it's, I assumed it became more film-friendly over time, but maybe well, not. not anymore, I think, because yeah. it was for a while they had some sort of film fund, but that's, oh, they that, did. that's okay. gone. Yeah, 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 for a few years, right. but that's gone. It's gone. No, yeah. it's gone. So I, 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 you know, it's... Uh, I made a fantasy version of Miami because it's, you know, it's, yeah. the, it's the 90s and, and uh, we ended up filming uh, Miami in the most absurd places, like in uh, Gran Canaria. Oh, really? Or, uh, in, so or, or in Cuba. Cuba, in Cuba. Oh, that's <laughs> so funny. I, was, I couldn't identify anything particularly, but I've been gone for so long. I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, okay. But I was completely <laughs> fooled, so, yeah. But did um, Wasp, the new film, come begin the interest in it when you were doing Carlos? You know, the thing is that uh, 
You write being by yourself, sorry. Yeah, oh, some, yeah, yeah, I do. By yourself, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I do, I do. But I mean, how have I mean, you made I, so I, many films then? Yeah. You have like a Fassbinder um, <laughs> filmography. Yeah, well, I, not close to, but, but yeah. But you make a film like every two years. How do you, you're writing one film while you're making another film? Uh, in, in this case, it was more like, because once in a while, I like to make a bigger film. I mean, I, I like to make a movie where I deal with modern history or at least try to. Yeah. <laughs> but it's know. still intimate yeah, but when you still, do it. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But still, it's a, more, it's a much more expensive film with much more complex logistics. Same crew, though? And, and, and same this, crew. Oh, same wow, crew. nice. Yeah. That's so yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the, the way I function, because I've been shooting a lot abroad, I keep the heads of department mm-hmm. who are like, the people I've always been working with, and we use uh, the local crews, which, which is great also because you meet great people. Yeah, yeah. And uh, no, but the, the thing is that a movie like Wasp Network obviously takes longer to finance. So I finished the screenplay like a, a while ago. Oh, I see. And I had time basically to make another movie. And uh, but then all of a sudden, it kind of happened faster than expected, which which is which is always something that's dependent on the right. uh, availability of of the actors, you know. Because I finished uh, nonfiction early in the summer of last year. And I thought I would have a little piece before getting into it. But all of a sudden, you know, Penelope Cruz was in the film and she had a slot in, uh, you know, in January or February or something. So all of a sudden, you know, I just found myself in this crazy rush when I had to both deal with the opening of nonfiction and start preparing the other film. But I will not never do that that again. again. She's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Um, But but your airplane shots, you're not, are you making those up on the day you go up in the airplane? No, okay. no, 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 that, 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 that I don't know how to do. No, mm. that, that, was, that was the one time, but it, it, it was torture. It was torture. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the way it turned out because, you know, visually I, I'm, I'm kind yeah. of proud yeah. because of all the hard work yeah, I put in beautiful. it. But yeah. no, I, I designed it, redesigned it, re-redesigned it, had meeting and, you know, it's and because also we had constantly to struggle with budget problems on this film. I mean, for, you know, it's, it's the, the film looks expensive and it, it, it was expensive. It was uh, uh, something like $10 million, which is much more than uh, yeah. in, in my usual movies. Yeah. But still, I mean, you know, you actually, uh, we would have been comfortable if we had had the double of that. So we, we had to find solutions for basically everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had to cut into the special effects budget. So we, which means that there's much less special effects in that scene than what uh, you would imagine or what I myself imagined when I was initially uh, thinking about it. But that's maybe why it feels um, intimate in yeah. a way. It feels, uh, mm. I don't know, I, I feel like it's a big, small film, yes, you know, yes, in, yes, a, yeah, yeah. in a great way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, but but redesigning that stuff, it was like, it, 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 to me, it was close to storyboarding, which is like... Uh, not what you want to do. Not what I want, not what I like at all. <laughs> so, it, so it was a bit of a torture. I mean, the, the, right. to, to me, the, the fact of designing and redesigning and redesigning shots to me kind of... Uh, Kills really? some of the pleasure. I find of it so. I find it so pleasurable. <laughs> <laughs> I like to um, build a book of the movie, and I just I don't know. I enjoy it. It's like meaning a collage. You have, you have, meaning you have photos. You have Im- you have. Imagine. I have images, maybe uh-huh. from other movies, maybe from mm-hmm. paintings, uh-huh. stills. Uh, could be from anywhere, mm-hmm. and then um, or my friend, I a painter I like, and sometimes mm-hmm. he'll 
do some, go to a location with me and do some drawings or, mm. but I like to build a book to mm. start the conversation before Chris Blavelt comes. And I just, uh, it's like some, it's like washing the dishes and while you have something to do, you th- can think of the answers yes, or while yes. you're driving yeah. as opposed to just sitting. And, mm. and then as I'm going through the shoot, I'm coming home at night and sort of rearranging my little pictures and uh-huh. it's just something yeah, yeah, yeah. to, it's cut and paint. I don't know, I like it's tactile and. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you, but you have mm-hmm. a notion of what you will shoot. I mean, like. Yes, you, for sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and it goes like from the pictures that are mm-hmm. not from the world too, when I start scouting, then mm-hmm. I'm taking uh, stills and putting those in another book. I know so many books, mm-hmm. everyone's mm-hmm. making fun of me because I'm carrying them, you know, <laughs> but I, in the time you're getting there, you don't need them anymore mm-hmm. because you've come to learn them. It's more, so you don't really, uh, I think it's just the doing of something that helps me understand the movie and what yeah. I'm going to do. So. I, I, I've done mm-hmm. that, but for my period pieces. For oh, a period huh, piece, yeah, yeah. Where, where, like a long time ago when I made uh, Les Destinées Sentimentales, which was, you know, it, it took place at the beginning of the 19th century and it involved recreating uh, porcelain factory. Uh, it involved uh, recreating uh, the trade of cognac yeah, in the yeah, 19th yeah. So I, I had to absorb visually so much yeah. stuff. And, and, yeah. I, and also I was adapting a book. Oh, so so so, mm-hmm. so it was it was a completely different way of approaching cinema. So all of a sudden, I thought that because uh, I'm, I was not the writer, I, but I yeah. but, but which, which 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 to me was an interesting question. I mean, in the sense that uh, you know, how do you represent in a in a truthful way the past, meaning a world you have no reference. To, you know, mm-hmm. you, you were not around, you have no idea how those people spoke, moved, uh, what was their worldview, what they dreamed of when they slept. I mean, you know, it's, mm. it's just, you, you just don't have, a, it's, mm. it's, 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 it's kind of an alien world. So you need to absorb as much images, feelings, sensations, facts, and so on and so on. So, so, I, so I, I, ultimately the, the screenplay became my uh, image book. I see, yeah. Yeah. Or my notes, or whatever, or my comments, and so I had like mm-hmm. two parallel screenplays. And what do you do then when you, after the movie's finished, mm-hmm. it, are you taking a break or you're going right into the editing room? Uh, depends. De- you de- depend. living usually, with usually, the footage. You you're looking at the footage, or you no, start. You no, start. I, I start with scene one, and, and, I, you, and I don't watch dailies. I don't know if you watch no, dailies. No, I, never, I, I, no, I, I, I never. I never. I never want. No, I never. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I um, that's a different yeah. state of mind. No, um, yeah. but are you? Uh, do you feel any sense like I'm going to make a, an assembly or something that is uh, how I intended it to be with relation to the uh, script, or no, you just? No. Are you cutting in order? Yeah. Yes, I you're kinda, starting at the beginning. I start at the beginning, whatever I don't like is out. And are and you I, revisiting so, so, so I, it later, uh, the things that are at now? No. You know, it's, usually uh, I realize that at the beginning I was a, t- a bit too lenient. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, beca- I, I was becoming a little bit harsher as mm-hmm. the... As are you the, um, shooting in order? No, no, no I would not. love to. No, that's, the, but, yeah. that's what the Darden brothers do. Yeah. I mean, the Darden brothers, they shoot in chronology. So if they wow, need to so go nice back, back, so so they have the sets, uh, all the sets during the uh, whole shoot. 
which which I I, yeah. I envy them. Yeah, a lot. so much. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's the, the the way movies should be made. Yeah. Really, right? Uh, that would be the dream. I mean, to me, it's one of the disgrace of movies that you you in the morning you shoot a scene from the beginning of the film and in the afternoon you shoot the ending or whatever you know. And mm-hmm. to me, the worst was when I was making Carlos. I had no idea. You know, I you know I. Would, I don't know how. Yeah, that must have been really <laughs> difficult <laughs> actually. That, that was mm. that was crazy because you know I had poor uh, Edgar uh, Ramirez. You know he would come in for a shot with a mustache and then he would leave oh. the set. He would come back with a beard and wow. oh, all of a sudden we were you, you know in the morning we were in uh, East Germany in the afternoon we were in Hungary or whatever. Wow. You know I had it, it was because you were shooting all three episodes as as a whole. You shot yes. it like a film. It, it, to me it's a film. Yeah, to, but to you me. didn't. But it wasn't forced on you to break it up through three different shoots. No. No, absolutely oh, not. Wow. No, 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 oh, no, no. Okay. No, no, it was one oh. film. Which, which, it, was we, one we, film. We, it was one coherent five and a half hour film and that's yeah. it, you know, and I and then I had to <laughs> cut it in three pieces because right. that's what, uh, you know. Oh, so get, that came later. So you just approaches a five and a half yeah. hour film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Which which was shot, you know, in 94. I mean, the whole thing was completely out of right. proportions. You know, was it, it shot just, in how long? We shot 18 weeks, which is wow. not much. I mean, no. meaning, meaning it's three times six weeks, you right. know. But if you're um, making everything up every day, that's uh, exhausting. It um, was, I, it, how yeah. could you, yeah, uh, be creative for that long? I, uh, yeah. I have no yeah. idea. You know, it's, it's uh, I don't know, you have a bag of tricks and you 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 end, yeah. you end up having to use every single one of them. Right. <laughs> you know, you know? So when you go in the editing room, mm. are you are you going through all your takes? Are you just watch watching every, footage yeah, I watch, for I watch, a while? I, I, I watch all the material for one scene. And I, I think, I think you, I'm sure, you know, it's the same. You, I think you have a completely different relationship to the material when you are in the, yeah. in the editing room. Yes. And sometimes if, if takes that felt great on the set, yeah. they, 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 they all of a sudden, they are, they are not so good or, or takes you hardly sure. noticed. All, yeah. of, all of a sudden you realize that something great is happening and that's the one. You know, it's a, sure, yeah. I, I feel that, you know, when you're assembling the film, you you have very little choice ultimately. I mean, I mean, in in yeah, my yeah. case, uh, you know, usually there's no second take. I mean, you know, there's one take where something happens, and mm. the other ones are like uh, not bland, but they 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 don't have the specific life that one take has. Uh, so you're using, uh, but sometimes you must be taking part of a take and then... Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's, that's why I, I watch, watch everything, everything because right. all of a sudden in adult take, you have a great line or you have a yeah. great... You know, everything. But your camera's always moving, so it's interesting to mm. me that that it all can just cut together without... It's, it's, it's such a plan because yeah, yeah, it does I, I, work. I, I, because it, it's yeah, I like the idea of movement, which yeah. which which has to do with the specificity of cinema. I mean, in the sense that yeah. uh, I like the idea of the change of perspective. You know, of the, mm-hmm. not not to yeah, not, yeah. not to be dependent on the idea of a monocular perspective yeah. uh, of camera obscura kind of but thing. But you love mm. Bresson. But I, but I, yeah. but I worship Bresson. <laughs> I worship, I worship Bresson. Bresson moves his camera. He's, he's, it's very, oh, for he, sure. he's, 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 he's extremely precise in his, yes. in, in his uh, syntax. Sure. He has a very, very yeah. sophisticated oh, yeah, syntax. So, <laughs> I mean, yes. Mm-hmm. He makes it look 
like it should be simple. Like you should yeah. be oh, able yes. to just um, yes, 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 yes. achieve what he, yeah. Yeah, but 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 no, yeah, exactly, but no, yeah, yeah, no, but but you know, but the thing is, uh, uh, yes, I'm kind of obsessed with movement. I mean, I'm obsessed with the process of change. I mean, you know, I, it's the idea that within the shot, the more change there is in a certain way, the more cinematic it is. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when I watch your film, what I also admire is your sense of timing. I mean, you know, because you you leave time for things to become real, you know, and there, there is something that's uh, very poetic about the presence of nature, the presence, uh, you know, because, because you take time in ways that I, I'm, I'm always maybe a bit shy to use time. You know, I, mean, I have this kind of uh, obsession with energy, speed, and this and that, which, and sometimes I wish I... Uh, I wish I could have your uh, patience. Uh, but you're, um, you're spending time with someone. If the train is moving, mm. you have your speed. Yes. But then you and then you can settle in with. Yes. Yeah, you have quite like a thing about the. Um, I was noticing. <laughs> you have a real. I mean, I've thought about the telephone a lot because <laughs> I always having the my students like find prop phones like the phone the mm -hmm. phone. Mm -hmm. And I'm, we're always talking about the telephone of mm. like, uh, you know, if you're showing one person on the mm. phone and the energy, like uh, dial in for murder or something, you don't mm -hmm. know who's on the other end. Yes. That's mysterious. Mm. Or, you know, a film where you're going back, like, oh, we're using a cardinal knowledge in mm. a scene, you know, like where you're seeing both sides yes, of the- that's true. Or the millions of time that you're seeing like the switchboard operator, someone's in yes. between the call and you can't listen or, but um, so you have the um, mother in summer hours. Yeah. She's immediately getting these phones, yeah, right? And then them. she hates them, <laughs> but you are quite obsessed with the phone. Like you're not, a, it seems like a lot of people are mm -hmm. um, shooting right up, like making their, designing their films to be up to the year of certain technologies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and you're embracing it, yeah. Yes, no, because, because I genuinely think that uh, if, if I'm looking at what has been changing in the world for the last 10, 20, 25 years, whatever, uh, it has to do with our connection. You know, the, it's not about the phone, you know, it's the, the, no, phone, no, the, the yeah. phone is, is, is a prop. It's mm -hmm. nothing. The, the, the thing is that you are in connection with this huge data bank that becomes some kind of extension of your brain. And I, I think there is something uh, vertiginous about it, you know, in the sense that it kind of changed our identity. It changed the human experience. Everything, and, yeah. And uh, so it's not just that I'm obsessed with that stuff. I mean, you know, I haven't asked for it. It's, it's yeah, just, it, it, is, it, yeah. it kind of has happened to us. Uh, we did not necessarily ask for it. No, yeah. Uh, and now we have to deal with it. Right. And I, I think the way we deal with information and we deal with this additional memory we have in our hand yeah. um, ends up defining us as individual and and uh, uh, and we have to kind of not reinvent ourselves but redefine maybe us, maybe ourselves um, based on something that alters the, the human experience so yes in that sense i've been fascinated and I, i'm not sure i've found the adequate way to um, to represent the depth of it, but I tried. I mean, I have a visceral feeling about mm. it, like mm. watching it. It's something that, well, like in New York City, 
it's so easy to be really frustrated. You know you're walking behind someone on the phone or coming mm. up the subway stops and someone's on the phone and get out of the way yeah. on the phone, move mm. over. Yeah. But my own texting doesn't really bother me at all. Yeah, I'm yes, quite certain <laughs> that I'm moving right along with the flow and I'm in nobody's <laughs> way at all. Mm. But um, when I'm watching your films and uh, Kristen Stewart's on the phone or even like mm. she's in a scene with someone else that's on the phone behind her, I'm really... First, I'm getting mad and I'm getting frustrated, but I'm ultimately feeling left out. Mm. And that is a feeling that uh, I think comes about with, um, you know, we've all sat across from the table with someone on the phone. You're like, well, I'm here. Mm. And you're looking at your phone. Yes, yes, um, yes. And it is a, what I get from it when I see mm. it in your film is about this uh, compulsion yes, of, of uh, nonstop mm-hmm. uh Connecting yes. and um, and the feeling of being of the loneliness of, of it loneliness. and being of loneliness, yeah, yeah. Of course, and alienation absolutely. of yeah. it yeah yeah when I make personal shopper it's a movie about urban loneliness yeah and and longing and uh, you know and missing something you know she in this yeah. case she misses a brother but ultimately mm. she's missing something in the in, in the way we all yeah. have this sense of missing yeah. something of frustration. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we live in a society which doesn't give us answers. Yeah. And, and we, we, we are like left on our own with unanswered questions uh, about w- what we are doing, why we are doing it, how we are doing it, and how the society we live in does function or should function or we should relate to it. You know, there's something that constantly remains unanswered. There's this loss of a sense of community uh, that is, um, you know, so much part of the modern experience. Yeah. You called it at the beginning with summer hours because Mm. Mm. her kids are absent, of course, Mm. and they give her three three telephones. (laughs) It's so sad and she doesn't want them. (laughs) I mean, it's really, and it's... um, the ugliest object in the house, yeah. So the lack of telephone is not as bad as the coming in of the the new modern technology. Yes. But Apple must send you tons of stuff after every film. They must yeah, be no, like, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. They must be. Um, but um, no, I think you getting it across. I think mm. most people are avoiding it and mm. not knowing how to... But I think me, it's it, a question of for everyone how to take it on. I mean, a whole genre of like a thriller, detective thriller, mm-hmm. like how you can't sneak in with the flashlight to mm-hmm. the filing cabinet anymore. It's yes, over. Yes, it's yeah, all, yeah, of course. It's all but, Google, but, but it's, right? You know, yeah. But it's, you know, you know it's... it's um, I was watching again uh, movies of a, by a filmmaker I'm obsessed with, who is Sacha Guitry. The, uh, Sacha yeah. Guitry, he's a French filmmaker. He was a play. He was a playwright, and he started oh. making movies uh, like the minute the talkies arrived. Like in the like, you know, he was already a superstar on the stage as a oh, as a writer yeah, and, yeah. And, and an actor. And in 1931, all of a sudden, sound came, and he started making movies. And he made like ten movies with his girlfriend of the time or something. Wow. And and they are amazing. They are just in- incredible. Mm. And you know, I had been watching those movies, and because they are. You know, I don't know. I've always had a special relationship with with, with his work. And at some point I realized, but oh, wow, it's really interesting. He's actually using, he was using phones in his plays at the time when nobody used phones. 
you know, it was not supposed to be part right, of, right, the, right. of the aesthetic of, yeah, yeah. of, because this was pretty much, you know, conventional bourgeois theater initially. Yeah. And he was trying stuff, you know, we, we, like those monologues on the phone or like what Cocteau uh, yeah. did with La Voix Humaine. You know, you know it's, it's, uh, it's all of a sudden every single invention, a new dimension of communication redefines the very notion of communication. And, uh, and same thing with text messaging or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. but yeah, it's, uh, but well, one thing I wondered is how, how, how do you get your films financed here in the US? I mean, how, how, uh, how do you? Uh, well, they're small. As yeah. you know, um, what, 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 what one, kind of budget? Uh, this one was uh, like double the budget I'd had before, but mm -hmm. um, everybody's always so mm -hmm. hard on you're not supposed mm -hmm. to say. <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, um, Scott yeah. Rudin was kind enough to come in on this mm -hmm. film, and I'd never worked with him before. Mm -hmm. But um, it was also the first all around union film we had mm -hmm. done, oh, and so. Oh, yeah. So it you, changes you, things, the other you know. Ones when you when when non-union. Yeah, okay. and so so on the one hand, on the positive, it gave me more time because we were only allowed to work these certain hours and yeah, five yeah, day yeah. weeks, yeah, which yeah. was amazing to mm. think while you were making a film that yeah. never had that before. And I had to, I have and to in France. You have to deal with that. It's it was great mm. um, because usually we're working like eighteen. You know, we just killer like I'm just yeah. like I'm too old it's too cold it's like you know below zero and we're on our 18th hour I'm too old <laughs> yeah but um uh, so that was great but you know it does take your you know your yeah it has its how, um, how, no but I mean how many days uh, 30 days 30 of shooting days. and and for the other ones yeah oh, more or less, um, always more or less anywhere like Wendy and Lucy was like 19 days I uh -huh, think and yeah. uh, Old Joy was 14 days but uh, Meeks was I think 30 we did four reshoot days so 34 days yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah but well, it's it, around 30 days yeah, yeah. yeah it's the same, same for and, me I mean, yeah. for, for one of my recent films that was yeah. 30 days and, and, and I did a cold, yeah. but cold Water was uh, 20 20 yeah. 20 okay. MFF was 20 yeah, yeah. also really wow yeah yeah, so it's been very, uh, I mean, the budgets are small, but, mm. you know, I'm cutting myself and there's no one really, like, telling us what we, you mm -hmm. know, yeah, we've yeah, yes, been yes, completely yes. left alone. Yeah, and yeah. So no, no, it's the price it's of the price. freedom. Yeah, yeah, the price of freedom. It's the yeah, price of freedom, is, of course. Um, yeah. Oh, everybody's waving at us. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, anyway, it's mm. lovely to meet you and know you because no, I, I, I'm a big fan of your yeah, well, films yeah. and it's... Well, no, it was great. A great yes, pleasure. So, yeah, thanks. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Kelly Reichardt, Olivier Asias, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Yeah, it was a, a pleasure for them. It was a pleasure for us to be in the room with them. Really Go was. check out First Cow in theaters through A24 for March 6th. It is a wonderful film. And uh, Wasp Network, Olivia's next movie, is uh, upcoming, but currently uh, doesn't have a date. So just keep your eyes peeled. We will keep you posted on that one. And definitely subscribe to the TalkHouse podcast. We have some fantastic upcoming conversations, including new pornographers AC Newman with Post Animal, Katie Crutchfield, a.k.a. Waxahachie, with Whitmer Thomas, and George Saunders with Dana Spiotta. That's a, a fine lineup. And if you're in the mood for more sort of elevated conversation about film from great, great directors. Go check out Lulu Wong in conversation with Ruben Ostland and Harmony Korine with Kavi Zahedi. Those are just two that I picked off the top of my head, but they're pretty great. I'm going to throw in one more because I was listening to it recently and it's such a great talk you put together. Darren Aronofsky with Alejandro Jodorowsky. 
Holy shit. Another great one. Thank you, Elia, for not only hosting this uh, episode, but also for recording it valiantly in a real estate conference room in the vicinity of Lincoln Center. Very, <laughs> very good of you. And Nick, you and I are being recorded at Hook and Fade Studios by our co-producer, Mark Yushizumi. Thank you, Mark. The TalkHouse podcast theme song was composed and performed by The Range. The Range. Till next week, I'm Elia Einhorn. I'm Nick Dawson. Peace. And cows. What's up? <laughs> Juicy Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Death Watch with me, Nick Dawson. Our guest today is Elia Einhorn. I got Elia, five minutes. How long have you got for us? I got five minutes. Hey.